0: Today's story is a story of a woman's devout love for God, and how that love for him will lead her right into the arms of a man who claims to be a prophet of God, but turns out to be the devil himself. What started out as her thanking God for such a blessing turns into her asking God for a way out. This is Dominica black girl, soul, crime, and today we tell the story of Antoinette McCoy. Let's get into it. Antonetta Yvonne McCoy, nicknamed Netta by her loved ones, was born on June twenty fifth, 1982, to a single mother, Yvonne McCoy. She is born and raised in the housing projects of Washington, D.C., with her two siblings, Janiah and DeAndre. Netta is raised in a religious home and was described as lighting up the room. Her family says that she never saw the bad in people and always tried to see the good, even if there wasn't any. Growing up in the hood of D.C. could make for a hard life, and kids can grow up to be wild teenagers and even wilder adults. But Netta was the total opposite. Netta found solace in her faith. She never cursed, did not listen to rap music, was not loud, and was never disrespectful. She was, however, caring and giving. Netta didn't have many friends growing up because she was different than the kids that were raised in her area, and stayed close to her siblings and rarely went out. The one place you could definitely find Netta at, however, was at church, a place where she felt accepted even when she didn't feel it from the outside world. Netta was known to carry her Bible everywhere with her, going through it and finding passages that were relevant to whatever she was feeling or going through at the time. Even as a teenage girl, she had developed a very personal relationship with God Her mother would say that Netta's bible was her best friend. As she got older Netta would begin to keep a diary where she would write her most inner and personal thoughts, even speaking on how she was saving herself for a God-fearing and wonderfully made man, something that in today's society we don't really see too often. Netta wanted to be a wife, a mom, and she wanted a family but Netta would soon hear words that would crush her dreams during a routine doctor's appointment she would find out that she couldn't have children on her own devastated she turned to god looking for answers and decided that god will just send her a man that would love her despite her not being able to birth to many children through her relationship with god Netta would find peace with the news but would remain single through the years and would remain secluded in the home that she shared with her mother. Spending the majority of her time on her Facebook page, sometimes during the summer of 2010, 26-year-old Netta would run across a friend from her childhood on her Facebook. This friend was Peter Moses Jr., a man that she had known in her youth. When the two went to high school together, she even had a crush on him during the time um, while the two were at the same school, but Netta was not allowed to date, and her mother did not approve of Peter, saying that there was just something that she did not like about the boy. However, those old feelings that Netta had for Peter 12 years ago, when they were in school, began, began to come back, and the two would begin regularly talking. Peter left D.C. sometime during high school and moved to Durham, North Carolina, which is about a four-hour drive. But more importantly, Peter was now a preacher. Something that truly piqued Netta's interest in him even more. At this point, he had his own online congregation with thousands of people following him. Netta is happy to rekindle a relationship with Peter and would begin to go on dates with him when he would come down to see her. The two would even go on a romantic weekend getaway together where they would spend their time talking about their relationship with the God and the scriptures. At this time, Netta had really thought she found the one. And after exclusively dating each other for a few months, Peter would ask Netta to move to Durham to be with him in August of 2010. Netta would even tell her sister that she had plans to go and marry Peter, Her mother, of course, had her reservations, but reminded her daughter that no matter what, she could always come back home if things would go wrong. Netta leaves the safety of her family's home in D.C. and goes to Durham. And although she's impressed by this huge home that he has that she thinks will only be theirs, um, when she walks onto the front porch, she sees multiple pairs of shoes that look to be the shoes that belong to um, not only children, but other women as well. Confused by this, of course, um Netta asks him about the shoes, and he tells her that they actually belong to his aunts and their children, um and that he's just helping them get back on their feet um until they're able to move out. She believes his story and she gets settled into their new home now, while Netta begins to unpack her clothes in the master bedroom, one of these aunts. LaRonda, tells Netta um, she won't be sleeping in the master bed with Peter Mm -hmm. and proceeds to take her to another room where there are already two other women staying, Um, which I mean is very weird. Why wouldn't you want the woman you love and plan on marrying staying in the bedroom with you? And why is she to be sleeping in in a room with your aunt in what appears to be like a bunk bed kind of situation? Peter basically tells Netta, who is skeptical at this point, that God would not want them to basically sleep in the same bed together until they are married. And Netta, who is a devout follower of God, basically just agrees. Peter begins to have daily prayer meetings with his aunts and Netta. And it's soon revealed that Peter considers himself actually to be a prophet with the black Hebrew Israelites, not a Christian um, like Netta. And it shocks her. They had never had a conversation about this, and Netta just always believed that they were of the same faith. Now, the Black Hebrew Israelites have a bad rep, right? They are sometimes referred to as racist, radical, hateful. Um, that some people that they just say that they're teaching hateful doctrination. Um, was using the Bible to say that the black race are the original Jews mentioned in the Bible, which causes a lot of controversy between them and the Jewish, Jewish, sorry, community. This was something Netta knew nothing about and soon realized that what she believed and what Peter believed were two totally different things. Even with her reservations, however, she tried to be open-minded as at this point she already loved this man. And she still thought that he was a man of God. But this was not the biggest secret Peter was hiding. You see, those aunts he's been helping, those are not his aunts. And those children running around the house, those are not his cousins. Those are his wives and his biological children. Now, I can't even imagine how horrified she must have been um, knowing she moved so far away from her family for the first time to be with a man that she thought God had sent for her. And for him to not for him to basically wait to get her away from her family to expose her to this type of lifestyle, it's just it's definitely giving master manipulator. And I think that Netta, because she wasn't the type of person that got to see the outside world a lot, she was definitely naive. So it was easy for him to just get her right where he wanted her now peter tells Netta that according to his religion being a polygamous family is part of god's law which i don't know because i could have sworn the bible had a whole part about adultery but okay um he tells her that having more wives provides more children for him which is what he wants and what god wants in order for him to build his nation at this point peter has four wives Vania Sisk, LaRonda Smith, who she had already met when she first entered the home, LaVeda Harris, and Zaina Thomas. At this point, he tried to convince Netta to become the fifth wife, telling her she won't want or need for anything, and she will finally have the family that she always wanted. Reluctant at first, Netta does agree to Peter's proposal, and with the help of her sister-wives, she marries Peter. Netta begins to find her way living in the house with Peter and the other wives, who at this point are very much like her sisters and are always there for her when she needs them. Netta, who grew up with little to no friends, now had them with her all the time. The women were all very submissive to Peter, something that Netta had to get accustomed to, and strangely enough, they all called Leader um sorry, Peter Lord. Something that Netta, who had a very close relationship with her real lord and savior, had problems adjusting to. But she would eventually begin to call him lord as well. Netta would begin to take on the role of homeschooling the children. Something she loved doing because she saw herself as being their mom as well. Netta would become especially close to one of the children. Vania's four-year-old son, Jaden, who was the only one in the house that was not Peter's biological child, she loved Jaden and she had spent extra time with him. Jaden's biological father lived in another state and had broken up with Vania when he had come out as gay. Peter, who thought being gay was like an abomination and quoted the Bible to support his thoughts, had a hard time adjusting to Jaden. He was mean to the child and would often say out loud how the sins of the father will come back on the son, even saying that Jaden would grow up to be gay, just like his dad. Netta, although not Jaden's biological mother, tried her best to protect him from Peter's rage, something his own mother didn't even do. She tried her hardest to keep the little boy safe and happy. Peter would use his wives as his personal sex slaves, picking and choosing which ones throughout the day to have sex with, even forcing the women to perform in sex acts together while he watched, which I mean is very contradictory for his prior statements about the Bible being against homosexuality. How could one say that being gay was an abomination, but then have his wives perform in lesbian acts together? It's, it just is giving very much. I do what I want, period. And y'all gonna listen to me. Um, it just feels like he decided that he was gonna make up his own rules and he used the Bible, which some people do do, use the Bible to his own gratification. Um, due to his sexual appetite, the woman literally gave Peter kids back to back. Some of the children were even born months apart from each other. However, Netta knew she would not be able to ever give from a child Um, and this secret she had she still did not tell anyone in the home now at this point peter begins to grow more radical in his sermons as well as more racist he begins talking about race wars and readying his family for it making Netta feel as though she definitely made the wrong decision plus she feared soon peter would find out that she couldn't get pregnant and she worried about what he would do to her Netta is absolutely not happy in the home, and she even begins to not get along with the other wives. And soon enough, he grows tired with the fact that Netta is still not pregnant. She begins to stop having sex with him as a way to hide the fact that she's infertile. And one night in October of 2010, being the tyrant that he is, Peter stops taking no for an answer. While in the bedroom, he slaps her. And while she is begging him to stop, he punches her in the face, knocking one of her her teeth out. He proceeds to pull out a gun and basically rapes Netta and tells her the only reason he didn't kill her is because God had a plan for her life. The very next day, Netta decides she's had enough. And while no one is watching, she escapes the home and goes back to D.C. to be with her mother. When she finally gets home to her family, she feels safe, although she doesn't exactly tell them why she came back. But they will soon find out when they go to church that Sunday, and Netta gets up in front of the church to thank God for saving her life and explains exactly what she's been through. At this point, though, Netta has been so brainwashed that she's afraid um, that with her leaving, she has angered God because he had told them that God would be angry with anyone that left him. Peter would soon begin calling her, begging her to come back, saying that he would never hurt her again and telling her she would become wife number one. But Netta stood her ground, refusing to return to his home, in which he would begin to threaten her family. Netta loved her family and was afraid that he could possibly hurt them so she lets Peter and Vania, um, who was considered the first wife, basically come and pick her up from DC to take her back to North Carolina. When Netta returns, the very first person she looks for is Jaden. She runs into the house calling his name, so excited to see him, but Jaden is absolutely nowhere to be found. When Netta confronts Vania about where Jaden is, she tells her that she gave him to a babysitter but one night while laying on the couch and while the other wives thought that she was sleeping, she hears them whispering about what truly happened to the four-year-old and how Peter made them clean up afterwards. After she returns back to Durham, Net- Netta's family does not hear from her, which is very much not like her. Three weeks were pass when they would grow very worried. But months would pass after Christmas and New Year when Netta's sister would finally decide to contact Peter directly. Who tells them, basically, oh, she's fine. She started working. She has a job now. I don't know why she's not calling y'all, but basically she must not have time to talk. Um, Her family begins to receive text messages from Netta's phone, but realize it couldn't have possibly been Netta by the way she was texting. Her mother would even ask, Text back and ask if it was really her or someone else. She would go on to say later that Netta never ended a text without telling her mother how much she loved her, and these texts would never say, Ma, I love you. After Netta's mom asked the person, Is this really my daughter? someone would disconnect the phone from the phone service completely, making the situation even more suspicious. But soon enough, all of Peter Moses' secrets will come to light. And the harvest that happened in his home will be shown to the world. Now, on February 28th of 2011, two months after Netta was last heard from, police in Durham, North Carolina, would get a visit that would truly leave them in shock and disbelief. 16-year-old Zaina, who is very much pregnant at this point, tells police how her husband has multiple children and women living inside of one home how he beats on them, forces himself on them, and makes them have sex with each other. She's at this point very frantic talking to police and tells them that if they don't hurry up and arrest him, that she may be next, saying that there are some that have already lost their lives at the hands of her husband. Zena's husband, no other than Peter Moses, and Zena, who is 16, is the youngest wife, number four. Zayna would tell police that Peter shot Jaden in the basement of the house, then stuffed stuffed his body in a suitcase, which sat in the attic until it began to stink, and afterwards he was removed and buried somewhere else. Zayna would go on to tell them that Antonetta was murdered after an argument with Peter in which he basically told the other wives to deal with her, and they proceeded to beat her unconscious. And then she was shot by Vania, Jaden's mother, and killed. Police, although skeptical, take Zayna's claims serious and go to Peter's home where they account for all children except Jaden. And when they ask Vania where he is, she tells them the exact story that she told Netta that he was with babysitters and gives them a name. But when they run the name in their system, they cannot find this person at all. Like, there's no, this person does not exist. So at this point, they know that she's lying. But where's Netta? They question the wives about Netta as well. And again, none of them can give a straight answer to where she is. Police then get a warrant when they aren't getting answers and find blood in the bathroom, in the garage, a bullet cartridge in the garage as well as a bullet lodged in the bathroom wall. And even worse, police find Jaden's baby book, with all his baby pictures and Vanya's pregnancy pictures, as well as his footprints, in the garbage can. But when they come back to the home to further question the wives, they come back to an empty home, and they cannot locate Vanya at all. Police can still not locate where Jaden and Netta are, but were able to locate Vanya in Colorado where she was again questioned and where the remainder of her children were removed and given to Child Protective Services. But in early June of 2011, the owner of a rental property in Durham would call plumbers because of a foul odor in his backyard, which he thought was a blocked sewage pipe. Crazy enough, up until February of that year, the home was being rented by Peter's mother, Shilda Harris, When they discovered a black bag as the source of the smell, they called 911, and police would come out to later find a body. The body was that of Netta's. The very next day, they would find Jaden's body not that far away. After the bodies were found, seven people would be arrested for the murders. Three of Peter's wives, Vania Sisk, LaVeta Quinzetta Harris, and LaRonda Renee Smith. His mother and sister, Sheila Moses, and his brother, P. Leonard Moses. The charges against his mother and sister would later be dropped. While doing their investigation, they find out it's actually LaRonda who is partially responsible for what happened to Jaden. She would see the boys playing in the room, and she says that she sees what she describes as um gay behavior from Jaden towards her son. And instead of her being a woman, if she saw something inappropriate, which I doubt she did. These are four she he's four years old, um and correcting them quietly, knowing that this man is a madman, she decides to go in the room and gets Peter and tells him quote, He's in there being gay with my son. And at this point she's already enraged about it. Peter uses this as a perfect time to fly into a rage, grab Jaden, put him into the garage Um, He blasts the Lord's Prayer in Hebrew on the loudspeaker so the neighbors cannot hear. He turns on the TV, tells Jaden to watch. He goes behind this beautiful little boy and proceeds to shoot this four-year-old baby in the back of his head. All because LaRonda went and told him nonsense. Um. After the bo- the body proceeds to smell, it's Vania that goes with Peter to bury her own son. The night that Netta overhears the wives talking about what happened to um Jaden, she runs out the home frantically, trying to get away from these crazy-ass people. She gets to a neighbor's home and tries to get the neighbor to call police, but the neighbor just thinks that she's a runaway from a group home and decides not to call police, and my thing is, even if she was a runaway, she's running from something, right? Why didn't you call the police? This woman is clearly screaming. Other neighbors said that she was screaming, help me. Um, And there, like I said, there are clearly other neighbors I heard as well, yet nobody does anything to help her. Instead, Peter instructs the other wives to grab Netta before she tells, and they do. They proceed to drag her back into the home which leads to her being assaulted. Um, then they go on to decide to vote on whether Netta should live or die, and they all vote unanimously that she should die. Again, why none of the neighbors who heard her screaming and running and being dragged back didn't call the police, I will never understand. Between her getting beaten in the house and them voting on her dying, um, police could have been there by then. They could have definitely saved her life. Peter then tells the wives to grab his speaker, where he begins to play the same Lord's Prayer in Hebrew that he played when he killed Jaden. After she's praying for her life and beating more, he gives Vania the gun he used to kill her son, and she pulls the trigger, ending Ned's life. While in custody, none of the other wives talk, but Peter, on the other hand, decides he's not going to go to jail by himself. And he starts to tell it all, and places a lot of the blame on these women, who once called him Lord. Peter Moses was found guilty to two counts of first-degree murder in June of 2012. He was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences in July of 2013. Vania pleaded guilty in June 2013 to second-degree murder, first-degree kidnapping, and conspiracy to murder in Antonetta slaying into being an accessory after the fact in the murder of her son. She received two consecutive sentences of 180 to 225 months. LaRonda, who started this whole thing off, was sentenced to 29 years, nine months, and 25 days. And LaVeda was handed consecutive sentences of 73 to 97 months for each murder. Leonard, Peter's brother, was sentenced to 58 to 79 months in prison. LaVeda and Leonard have since been released, while LaRonda and Venia are still serving their sentences. My heart goes on to Antonetta, someone who really loved God and thought she had found the one. She thought that God had blessed her with the right man. It's just sad that she ran into the devil himself. This is Dominique of Black Girls To Crime. And I'll see you guys next week with a brand new episode. Have a great week, guys.